What's up, everyone? Kevin Allen here from DFS Army, and this is the Bold Call Fantasy Football Podcast. And we're taking a look at our top 10 tight ends for the 2022 fantasy football season. I got Flex Shane here. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, guys, and make sure before we even get into it, you like and subscribe to the channel if you like what we're doing. Um, we want to hear from you as well. Hit us up in the comment section below. Who are your top 10 tight ends? Who do you like? Who did we forget? Where did we go wrong? Let us know. But we are taking a look at the top 10 fantasy football tight ends for 2022. And now, Shane, this is another position group where we have some serious, serious tears and some serious tear breaks. Yes. Your breaks are crazy in this one. <laughs> like there is a top tier of two tight ends this season. The mm -hmm. top two guys that I think are actually difference makers to the point where it's worth drafting them right at the top of the first round, maybe even early second round, even in regular non-TE premium type leagues. Maybe especially. No, no difference. <laughs> So let's start at the top. The number one overall tight end for the 2022 fantasy football season, this one's obvious, is Travis Kelsey. Now, why is it obvious, Shane? Because every game last year or the year before that or the year before that where Tyreek Hill did not play, Travis Kelsey would beast. This has been a consistent theme in DFS. And now Tyreek Hill ain't playing any of the games. Pat Mahomes needs someone to throw to. He's got a bunch of newbies. Sky Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, Martez Valdez-Scantling, and Mikol Hardman. It's not good. You know he's going to throw? He's throwing, it. he's throwing to his boy, Travis Kelsey. 10-plus targets a game. He's probably as good as any wide receiver outside of maybe Cooper Cup this year. Outside of like the top two, maybe Cup, you know, Jefferson Chase, whatever. Travis Kelsey going to smash. I would say... I'm generally not a tight end early kind of guy. This season in my best balls, I have been very tempted and I've, I've pulled the trigger a few times on Travis Kelsey because of everything you just said, man. Like he's got that built-in chemistry. Year in, year out, he's got massive upside, especially as a onesie position. He can really give you a definitive advantage. Um, go check out our wide receiver show. Uh, in that show, we just talk about, you know, there's there's that elite tier at the top, and there's a bunch of guys in a, in a massive tier kind of in the center. So if you decide and you want to go and elect and get Travis Kelsey, who is going to put up very similar points to a lot of the wide receivers at the high end who you're going to be drafting around, and whether it's Devontae Adams, whether it's Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey can put up those the same amount of points on a week-to-week -week basis. The advantage that you're going to have versus your competitors, though, because for the most part, Kev, like, yeah, we play in a few best ball leagues, but it's head-to-head, -head, right? And when you when you kind of look and you you know you're looking at your matchups and say okay who who's got a wide receiver when you got Travis Kelsey man you know every single week you're going to be pretty damn good and maybe one other guy uh, one other manager is going to have Mark Andrews but if if it ain't Mark Andrews you have an advantage and you, so you're going to have yeah you're going to have the tight end mm -hmm. edge every week but but it's not just that uh, Travis Kelsey should average PPR over 20 fantasy points per game this year that's yeah. how good he is that's how much many targets I expect for him. Um, again, in this offense with no Tyreek Hill and without really competitive wide receivers in there to sort of take his role, um, without touchdown scorers at wide receiver, he, uh, you know, and 
teams have tried to concentrate on Kelsey. I guess you could take him out of the game, and that might be something that happens early in the season. But I do think the wide receivers for the Chiefs are good enough to avoid that. I mean, if you're going to do that, yeah. all right, well, they do have Juju Smith. They have Sky Moore. They have some guys that they can throw the ball to. And Travis Kelsey should absolutely smash in this offense this year. Um, he ekes out the top spot. But number two is right up there with him. And that's Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens. Now, hit me with the stats on Andrews last year. He was so good. Mark Andrews, man, he really was a difference maker. The one thing I will say is some people are saying that he should be the top tight end this year after drafts off the board. There's going to be a little bit of aggression. When, when, when Lamar Jackson was hurt last year, the backups – they favored Mark Andrews and they targeted the hell out of him. But okay, so he played all 17 games. He had 154 targets, which was pretty astounding. 100, 107 receptions, 1,361 receiving yards, and he averaged 12.7 yards per reception, which is pretty astounding. That's actually consistent throughout his career. Touchdown machine as nine well. touchdowns last year. Which I mean, you look at this year, it's gonna be him, it's gonna be Bateman, right? Ah. Just like Kelsey only had 10 last year, I think they could easily both get 12, 13, 14 touchdowns this year based on the situation. Yeah, I think he you know gets also better. Interesting? Yeah. Like, you know what's also interesting, though? A lot of narrative out there right now about the Baltimore Ravens. They're a very compelling team this year. You know, they traded away their best wide receiver. J.K. Dobbins was hurt last year. Gus Edwards was hurt last year. Justice Hill was hurt last year. Their entire running back core was hurt last year. Apparently... They're not confident J.K. Dobbins is going to be back for the start of the season. Okay, he had the ACL, he had the LCL, and he's not practicing yet. That's that's a problem in July. He's not practicing yet. I'm so worried that you know the Ravens apparently are going to get back to the run, hard nosed football. That's what they do. That's how they win games. You know how they're going to win games this year because they're not going to have J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards is fine. They're going to win games by Rashad Bateman and number one overall. Mark Andrews on that team, man. He's going to be their stud. He's going to easily get, I would say, 130 targets this year. If he gets 150, it's not out of the room of possibility. That would be just fall off my chair. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, essentially it's speculation. What's going to happen with Bateman versus Andrews? They don't throw it that frequently on that no. team, but they only throw to the couple of guys that they throw to. So, no. yeah, Lamar Jackson's not throwing it 40 times a game. It's usually more of a 30 throw passes per game, but they do focus in. And, and like I said, Mark Andrews, touchdown machine um bateman will be great as well love him this year but give me mark andrews as my te2 overall all right mm -hmm. that is a massive tier that now drops significantly there is no one even close to kelsey and andrews this season that's important those two are the guys that are worth first late first early second round draft picks this year fine i give you my permission to take a luxury tight end early this season especially because of what we've talked about in our running back show about how many of the 10 through 20 running backs are actually really, really great. And so it's no big deal. If you don't get an early running back this year, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I was just thinking about where I'm taking Kelsey Andrews in, you know, in context of the wide receiver group, but like, you know, as soon as I don't know, I have no problem taking one of them ahead of even the Mike Evans WR eight zone. I love Mike Evans too. Or maybe just after that, when you start to get to the AJ Browns, it's like, eh, you know what? I'll grab Kelsey mm -hmm. ahead of him. That kind of thing. Love all these guys. They're great. You can take a tight end in the, uh, one of these two tight ends in the top of the second round. All right. So for a TE three for me, it's Kyle Pitts. And a lot of it is opportunity and hopium. 
<laughs> it's a lot of hope. Yeah. You know, he's, he's taken early. He's got a lot of talent. It's a, it's a big, I, I won't have any shares of Kyle Pitts, by the way, this year. I will just, where he's going, I will never have him on my team. If I don't I get Andrews or Kelsey, to be honest, I usually am not getting one of these guys until much, much later. And it's usually more like a, like a, you know, like a Dalton Schultz or a TJ Hawkinson or even a Zach Ertz. I just wait to be last, but uh, in, in my league, but I have pits at my TE three again, opportunities galore. The Falcons don't have really many people to throw to him and Drake London, who's a rookie. And then that's it. I can't even think of the names of any other pass catchers on the Atlanta Falcons as crazy as that is. So I've got uh, pits number three overall. Yeah, I know. I, so do I. He's going for the most part mid to late round three, which to me, I like that's where I want to go with Deontay Johnson or DJ Moore. Like, I you or, can replace that volume, right? Or Travis Etienne or great or Travis, running backs that are hanging out. At yeah, that, like at that spot. There's just there's just so many better ways to build your team. And the thing is, though, Kyle Pitts, like he was everybody calling him a unicorn last year as a rookie, right? He was, I think he was overdrafted in the real NFL draft. You just don't spend the overall fourth position on a tight end. It's just not smart. And you look at Atlanta, they've got Marcus Mariota throwing the damn ball. I'm not there on that. Desmond Ritter, maybe the rookie, if he if he outperforms Mariota, not confident. Uh, last year, Matt Ryan was a competent quarterback. I mean, again, go to our wide receiver show. Michael Pittman's kind of one of our sleepers that we like. Kyle Pitts was good last year, though. He only got one touchdown, which was, you know, touchdowns are kind of, it's touchdown or bust for these tight ends. He's also young. But, it's, hard as a, it's hard as a tight end yeah. in the first year. You know, it's but, a, it's a but, tough position to learn. But check this out. First year overall, he was fifth in targets with 110. He was second in total air yards with 1,100. He was second in average depth of target at 10.1 yards. And he was third in deep targets with 12. It's pretty clear that they wanted to get him involved. Um, obviously, this year they got Drake Lennon. So it's the Twin Towers in Atlanta. Drake's going to get fed. It's going to be interesting, man. I think Kyle Pitts, he's going to have a hard time paying off his draft capital. It's just not worth it yeah but nonetheless he does come in at number three because everybody's yeah. got flaws everybody's got flaws here and all the rest will have flaws so we'll get into that all right number four up the board is for me darren waller and again this is like a pick that i probably won't have much exposure to but darren waller when healthy has been a target machine i think Devonte adams hurts him a little bit i think uh, i was disappointed with his production last year if i'm being honest um was he a fluke that one year where, you know, he, game one, he gets 20 targets and then he doesn't sniff 10 targets again for who knows how long uh, last season. So uh, a little bit of questionableness with all of these tight ends. That's why this will be a theme. That's why the first two are so freaking great. But I do have Darren Waller as my number four overall. I do too. I'm saying buy the dip on Waller. But to be honest, I mean, you're not, you still have to pay. He's four, going 42 overall as a tight end four in drafts. That's just, no, it, I will have him still on no team. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I have one share of him. And I think it's because he fell to like pick 50 or 51 or something like that. So at that point, I'm like, all right, range of outcomes, I'll throw a dart. Right. But for the most part, Darren Waller, we kind of know what we're going to get from him. But you're right. Like, he needs the targets to be successful. And with Devontae Adams in town, he probably ain't going to get them. And Hunter Devontae Renfro's Adams, pretty damn good too. Devontae Adams harms his value. Hunter Renfro mm -hmm. sucking up. The underneath stuff harms the value. And I think I think Darren Waller was really a product of a team that didn't have anybody else to throw to. And, we, you know, a couple of years ago, a while ago, a long time, I'm going to age myself here a bit. Not really, but like if you remember 
it was the Chargers, right? And Keenan Allen gets hurt. A couple other guys get hurt. And Tyrell, the gazelle Williams, emerges Mm -hmm. as like this monster. Like, who is this guy? He's doing great. He's getting 12 targets a game. He's putting up fantasy production. And so he had this like few game, like a seven, eight game span where he was the focal point of an offense, getting all producing. And we all thought Tyrell the gazelle was going to be something. And then he just fizzled away. As soon as they got targeted, they trade him away, goes to a different team. He sucked. Like he was never anything good. It was just like, hey, a uh, 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 product of opportunity. I don't know if that's the case with uh, with Waller, but Waller did it for like half a season and we really haven't seen it repeated. So we'll see. Very risky. And I just want to point out, this is not a guy that I have on any team that I've drafted and I won't because I don't take tight ends in this zone. All right, next up. George Kittle. TE5. And I would have actually had George Kittle above above, uh, Waller. I like him. Mm -hmm. I definitely like him a little bit better. He is off injured, but the main reason Mm -hmm. he gets a downgrade is the same reason all the pass catchers on San Francisco are a little sketchy. And that's because we don't know what Trey Lance is going to do as a thrower. I don't know. I don't know. I like George Kittle's talent, but Trey Lance, I don't know if he can complete like volume of passes to his pass catchers. Are they going to keep Kittle in to block for Trey Lance? Who's running around all the running backs. I don't know. But just talent alone, George Kittle is probably the best all-purpose tight end in the league when he's healthy. But a lot of that is his incredible blocking, his incredible athleticism. I love him as a player. I love him as a leader. But, um, you know, he gets the TE5 spot for me. <laughs> you and I, well, we've been consensus to the top five, and we're not going to deviate here. George Kittle, he's very good. He's going to have his boom weeks. His problem is he's an excellent, excellent tight end, real-life tight end. He's an amazing blocker. And that's going to hurt. Like, we want the Mike Jasickis of the world who like blocking. No, I don't block, man. I'm going to line up as a as a slot wide receiver. Doesn't happen with George Kittle. I don't really have much more to add because you kind of nailed it, Kevin. Yeah. All right. Next up, I do vary from uh, ADP just a little bit. And at my at TE6, I've got Dalton Schultz, tight end, Dallas Cowboys. And this one comes down to, again, to opportunity. Number one, Dalton Schultz really emerged not last season, but a little bit, you know, a little bit, you know, in 2020, a little bit, and then really solidified it in the 2021 season. He became a focal point of the offense of five Mm -hmm. to seven targets per game, tight end, exactly what you want in a great offense that scores a lot of times, a lot of touchdowns, plenty of touchdowns to go, plenty of tutties to go around. Um, And now they're down a bunch of weapons, you know, uh, again, Gallup hurt, Amari Cooper gone. So who gets the targets? Dalton Schultz, B. Dalton, but you can call me Schultz. <laughs> you don't even have that. They didn't have B. Dalton in, in Canada. You don't know the joke. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Uh, the, Just smi- the, smile and nod. Smile and Dalton nod. books. So. It was B. Dalton, but you can call me books. Oh, boy. That's going right over my head. Dalton books. It was a commercial. <laughs> you know it's also going over a lot of people's heads Dalton yeah. Schultz last year in a packed offense had over 100 targets he had 104 targets last year realistically Kevin 120 130 right now we put I'll him right 104 that... 104 was fine yeah. okay that's a good I number know. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, he's, he's, he's very good to your point. He kind of started coming around in 2020, but he really broke out last year. Um, these tight ends, especially these mid round tight ends, man, they're so inconsistent on a yearly basis. They're so touchdown dependent, but uh, I mean, we've talked about it on pretty much every show. We talk about the Dallas Cowboys are one of the fastest pace of plays. They love to run plays, which means more opportunities in, in these PPR leagues or in these tight end premium leagues. That's going to be absolute fantasy gold. If, if Dalton Schultz is going to be catching 70, 80 balls this season, he's a safe bet, man. He is. I mean, to be honest with you, he's he's going a little high for me. Um, you actually have missed consensus. He's consensus 10 and 6 in underdog, but he's going oh. at 68 overall. So it's 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 a little it's a little high for me. I, I've missed my 10 and 7, but uh, I get it. I get it. I like it. All right, next up, another guy who broke out a little bit. And actually, you know what? I'm going to switch this one up a little bit. I'm, I'm going to switch this one up because I've actually slightly changed my mind here. And, it, you know, it's tough. It's tough to go. I'm not I'm not far outside of consensus on any of these guys. But mm-hmm. for TE7 overall, I'm going with TJ Hawkinson, um, who's climbing a little bit. Hawkinson, first round draft capital, gets a little bit better every year. Um I don't love the Lions offense in particular. Uh, I'm definitely not a Jared Goff guy. These guys are all really close for me. But um, TJ, you know, it's it's a mediocre group. Hawkinson, yeah. actually, I was disappointed in his season last year, considering he started off really hot, really strong, had a couple of great games, and then sort of pitter-pattered away. And it's not like the Lions had all these great weapons to throw to. Um, uh, Hawkinson definitely got hurt quite a bit and hit an injury to him kind of led to the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown last year. But, um, you know, yeah, he, uh, he slots in at number seven for me. When the targets were there, he's actually been spectacular with what he could do with the football. He's got a lot of upside and, you know, it's a bit of a crapshoot here. It was a total crapshoot for him last year. I mean, he played, he got injured in week eight. Um, didn't play week nine. Actually, no, sorry, he got injured in week ten, and then pretty much after that, it was just an absolute dud. He didn't end up finishing out the season. It's kind of a gong show for T.J. Hawkinson. He's one of my favorite prospects for tight end coming out. I mean, he he profiles very similar to like a George Kittle, where he's actually a very good overall tight end. And so it's just the fantasy production. It's going to be very hit or miss. He's going to have his good games. It's going to be very touchdown dependent, just like all these other guys. The one thing I do like about him, though, is for his price, he's going. So his average ADP, ADP is 84. I've seen him going closer to like late 90s in a few drafts, and I've been able to snake him up there. I don't know. There's there's some there's some stink out there for TJ Hawkinson just because a he's coming off the injury. DeAndre Swift is coming back. Amonor St. Brown proved that he could be a target hog. And, um, you know, Jamison Williams, although he might miss the start of the season, when he does start playing, first-round pick, you know? So, again, there's only one ball. So, TJ is probably going to take a hit, bit of a hit with that. But overall talent, man, he he has all the things that you want in a breakout tight end. Except for the breakout. Except for the breakout. Yeah, opportunities are a concern. But all of these guys right now are going to have some warts. And actually... Like I said, I probably won't have very much, if any, TJ Hawkinson again. I don't really, w- the way I approach the tight end position, so strategy is more important than these players and whatever, because quite honestly, as soon as we got past Mark Andrews, mm-hmm. this whole group is about, quote-unquote, same shit for me. Like, it's very little difference. And I think yeah. the way the tight end position works, 
one guy emerges this year, another guy next year. Like I like Schultz better than these other guys because mm-hmm. you know the opportunities are there. Um, but but in general, Hawkinson, yeah, he's got a lot of competition for touches on a team that doesn't throw the ball very well. So it, you know, it's it's sketchy. It's sketchy. And there it's are guys scary. after him that I think will outscore him this year. It's just hard to predict too. So um I don't draft Hawkinson. It's either I'm taking one no. of the first two guys or I'm waiting till the very, very end. And I'll tell you the guy I love who's there at the end that makes the tight end position so comfortable that I don't care what happens. There are also guys in the in the t- in the 12 through 20 range that I love that would be perfectly fine starting. But Hawkinson's right up there. So next up, next up we've got eighth overall, Dallas Goddard, Philadelphia Eagles tight end. Mm-hmm. Now, Goddard's not competing with anybody anymore. Zach Ertz is gone. It's his team, and he was a seven targets per game type of player after Zach Ertz was traded away last year. Young quarterbacks love to lean on the tight end. Uh, Jalen Hurts, for all of the terribleness that he had trying to get the ball to the wide receivers last season, did a decent job of getting the football to his tight end. They're right in your face. They're right up the middle of the field. Uh, So I think he's going to be productive in fantasy. He's a guy that I'm very comfortable going to war with this fantasy football season. I've got him ranked eighth overall. Yeah, Dallas Carter's fine. I mean, last year he was disappointing, right? I mean, after Zachers was traded, he thought, okay, he's going to be this big breakout. He ended up with 11 points per game, which was good, but there's a big smattering between about nine to 10 points per game. And I'm talking about guys like Pat Fryermuth, Hunter Henry, Mike Jacecki. Like, it's just, I have a hard time drafting him just because. You know, it's there's there's better players I'm taking shots on at this point in the draft, and I'm just gonna wait. But yeah, he's he's fine. AJ Brown's gonna take away from that alpha mentality a little bit, but he's got that built-in chemistry. He's a solid tight end, and at this stage of the draft, you're just you're hoping you're hoping for the best. You're rolling the dice, you're grabbing a tight end that you like, and um, you're hoping he might differentiate himself as the season goes on. There we go. I like it. All right. So at number nine overall, and again, these guys are really interchangeable. It's really tough to rank, but. I've got uh, I've got Dawson Knox coming in nine overall. Buffalo Bills, great offense. We saw a breakout from uh, Dawson Knox last season. It continued into the playoffs. He was fantastic. And they throw so many targets <laughs> in Buffalo. There are just enough to go around. They, they spread them out. Part of the reason why I don't like Stefan Diggs that much is because of the way they spread the football around in Buffalo. And one of those spread guys is Dawson Knox. He scores touchdowns. How many touchdowns did he have last year? Dawson Knox, of course, you would put me on here. Uh, he had do, 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 nine, which is pretty yeah, damn nine impressive. Nine touchdowns last season, yeah. which is great for your tight end. Um, very solid production. But he also broke out a little bit. And, and I think that he could possibly build upon that breakout because – he went from an afterthought to, oh, okay, like a TE, a top six scoring tight end. Maybe he, if he builds upon it this year, this is one of the, I'm again, really comfortable going to war with Dawson Knox this season. Mm-hmm. If he can build upon it, I think he can get to TE five or six. You never know who that guy's going to be that's going to be. There's a lot of tight ends later that are perfectly fine as well and could be the pop guy. But I think Dawson Knox is on that list and he could easily finish in the top five. Yeah, I mean, so last year he had a 13% target share, which is not great. You'd like to see at least 15 to 18% for these tight ends. But uh, I don't know. For the same reasons, I'm a little bit, little bit worried about Diggs at, at that high end. Gabriel Davis should continue to, to, to grow. Jameson Crowder's there. 
he's going to be touchdown or bust, but hey, he showed a propensity for the end zone. And that's what you look for at this stage go. of the draft. All right. And number 10 overall. And I love this player. This is the guy mm-hmm. who I wind up with more often than not on my teams. And I just like him. Um, I like what he did last year. I love the volume. And that's Zach Ertz, tight end, Arizona Cardinals. And the thing about Ertz is if you see the Cardinals, for all of the weapons that they had last year, were peppering Ertz with targets. He was getting eight, nine targets a game. The touchdowns really weren't there, but the PPR upside was um he brought yeoman like ppr performance lots of volume high floor and we know that zach you know he got the yak if he needs it. i mean they called him zach no yak in <laughs> dallas but he got a little bit of yak going on in um arizona last year i just like the target upside he score a couple touchdowns arizona's down some weaponry this season mm-hmm. deandre hopkins out for the first six weeks probably uh maybe maybe not we'll see what happens with that and um you know uh christian kirk gone christian kirk was the up the middle of the field guy they brought in marquise brown who's more of a deep threat which just tells me that zach Ertz will be doing even more of the moving of the chains this year than he did in the past but that's who he is that's the role he plays if the touchdowns can follow i think he can have a great year and again he's another tight end that i think could be a top six score that you can get at a TE 10 or 11 ADP. I think what's so interesting, you, you mentioned that what was the most disappointing about Zach Ertz? Well, he only had five touchdowns last year. The thing is, though, he had a 24% target share in the red zone. That means one in every four targets, for those counting at home, went to Zach Ertz in the red zone. So you talk about regression. There's positive regression. There's negative regression. I think this is one of those positive regression circumstances i mean you look at as a whole he had 19.3 percent target share which means the vast majority of where he was used was the red zone that's going to lead to touchdowns it, it will it'll regress in the positive manner and th- there's also a false perception about the age of zach Ertz. he's not older he's younger than kelsey i think he's 31 years old tight end yeah. tight ends age like a fine wine mm-hmm. 31 years old is going into your prime at the tight end position it's not like oh it's not a running back where he's over the hill Tight ends at 30, 31, that's their prime. So because it takes a tight end three or four years just to get their shit together. That's why I've got Goddard and Knox slightly ahead of him because those guys are quote unquote getting their shit. They like they're hitting their sort of mm-hmm. let's see what these guys could be. Zach Ertz is firmly in his prime right now. We're seeing the best version of him that we're ever going to see. Um, he had a down year a couple of years ago with, with Philadelphia, but you know, 24% target share in the red zone, 18% overall target share. That is a lot of targets for a tight end. That is some PPR volume. That's the kind of shit I like. Yes, I agree. I think a lot of the issues they had at the red zone, those are Kyler Murray issues. Um, and, and the quarterback maturing should hopefully get them past it. He's just not quite where he needs to be as a quarterback in the pocket. As of yet, he's still dynamic. He's still awesome. But a lot of that is what he does with his legs. So you can't really do that much in the red zone. So those type of quarterbacks might struggle a little bit with completing passes where you need to react really, really quick. That's the hardest thing for a quarterback to do, the red zone. So give me a little bit of touchdown positive regression for Zach Ertz this year. Even if I don't get it, you give me six or seven receptions per game to my tight end. I don't care about anything else. What, what Seven receptions, 70 yards, fine by me. That's great. That'd be great. Yeah, fine by me. I'll take it. That's what he got you last year. Seven receptions. 70 yards, every third game, a touchdown. Okay. 
Every once in a while, you pop for over 100. Get me the bonus. If you got a bonus in your league for 100 yards, okay, great. Thank you very much. By the way, in TE Premium Leagues, of which a lot of people play in now, and you should be playing in a TE Premium League, like if you're setting up your fantasy football league, even if it's not Dynasty or anything, regular season, give the TE a premium, guys. Give them a point and a half on that PPR instead of a point. The, emphasize the tight end position. Makes it more fun. In TE Premium Leagues, the seven or eight receptions a game that Zach Ertz was getting, they're worth even more. You know, you add add those half points. Most tight ends only get you four receptions or five, four or five. When you get a seven, eight receptions guy, that's a market advantage on your opponents. So Zach Ertz, number 10 overall. Yeah, I can't I can't argue it, man. I, I like Zach Ertz. He's got that tantalizing touchdown upside, even though he did only had five last year. Thing is, if he had an eight or nine, he'd be being drafted in around five or six. You can get him at a discount, and DeAndre Hopkins, he ain't going to be there for six weeks. A lot of targets, a lot of red zone targets, um, and no Christian Kirk, who, again, was the slot guy. I, I think it helps Zach Ertz in the spot. All right, a couple of honorable mentions at the tight end position. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you, Shane. Who, who did you like but didn't quite make the list? You know a guy that I – I like Pat Frymuth. Okay, as a rookie last season, he definitely impressed me. The reason he's not up here in that tier with Zach Ertz and Dawson Knox and even TJ Hawkins, and you, you can throw that guy in there, is because of the QB situation this year. But there's just so much uncertainty. Um, yeah, it, that, that's it. Otherwise, Pat, you know, Pat Frymuth has just as much upside as Dawson Knox. Uh, another guy I do like is Mike Dzecki. Um, He plays basically wide receiver. Again, the reason he's not up there is because guess who's on the team? Tyree Kill. And, you know, David Njoku, I don't buy into it. If, if so I don't, do buy, don't buy the hype. You do I buy like the hype for Njoku? Yeah, but not this year okay. because it's not going to be Deshaun yeah. Watson. When Deshaun Watson comes back, I do like the hype on, on Njoku. They paid him. Um, he's got all kinds of talent. He's going to be the only guy there. But you need Deshaun Watson at the helm. He's not going to be there this year. He'd be my breakout guy if it wasn't for, for that. Um, yeah, so there are not too many that I love. For me, go ahead. Yeah, the one guy I will say that I'm getting a ton of exposure of right now is Cole Komet. He's going so late in drafts. I think he's, man, I heard a stat the other day where he had like the second most targets to a tight end without a, without a touchdown last year. So it's, it's again, we're talking about regression all the time because, you know, you just look at the math, right? That's going to improve. Cole, Cole Komet next year, we're going to be talking about in this 789 range to being drafted. And, and you have to assume that the Chicago Bears are going to take a step forward. I mean, they brought in like Vela's freaking Jones. Cole Komet's already there. He's entrenched. He's got chemistry built in with Justin Fields. I, I think he's going to take a step forward. And if you want to just wait, because Cole Komet's going late, you want to just punt the position like I do more often than not, I love Cole Komet. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz around Cole Komet, a lot of buzz around some of those stats. And and um, and you could just, you know, Cole Komet, like you could just get him at the last pick of your draft. I, I don't think, I think he's more of a backup tight end for most standard fantasy football leagues. Uh, we find a lot of two TE leagues, a lot of mm -hmm. leagues where where they deepen the tight end position a little bit. And, and he's much more relevant. It's kind of like super flex where it makes the second tier of quarterbacks really, really relevant. And like the, you know, 12 through 24 become important. In super in, in super flex tight end, essentially in two tight end leagues, yeah, Cole Komet, great. In a standard league, I, I like his chances as a bench player to break out 
and you know and enter that top 10 discussion for a lot of reasons you said listen you know who the hell's justin fields throwing <laughs> i don't have but you yeah. know darnell mooney is like yeah. 5 11 175 pounds like you can't throw touchdowns to little dudes like that oh you could throw bomb touchdowns but if you're at the eight yard line you're throwing it to cole Komet. you're not throwing it to darnell mooney he can't catch a he can't catch he, he, he's too small to get open in the end zone from a red zone type play that's cole Komet. now the the issue is of course young quarterbacks like fields have a hard time completing passes in the red zone mm -hmm. so there's that um but cole Komet could definitely start. i like that pick if i had a yeah. sleeper my sleeper pick to break out is Albert Akwi Gagenbaum, Whoopum Gangam style, as I like to call him. I can't say the name. Albert Akwi Bunam. Yeah. What? Did you just say? Albert Akwi Bunam. Akwi Bunam. There you go. Yep. Nice. Akwi Bunam. Yes. Alberto. Let's call him Alberto. Alberto. So what I like about him is, hey, he gets to play with Russell Wilson. Um, he had a lot of talent coming out of college. He is a pass-catching tight end. He's got the speed. And Noah Fant is gone. He's going to be a focal point. Um, love Albert O with Russell Wilson this year as the, you know, he reminds, he's the Robert Tunyon candidate, you know, mm -hmm. the guy who you never heard of before the season. And then he, you know, that one year where Tunyon went crazy and then we all thought Tunyon would be good. And then we all forgot about him. What, what about <laughs> Robert Tunyon? What if it's Robert yeah. Tunyon? He comes back. No Devontae Adams. All of a sudden it's the Robert Tunyon. That could be a breakout. Robert Tunyon could be this year's Robert Tunyon. So Robert Tun well, I mean, maybe, I mean, talking about Robert Tun, he had the ACL injury in week eight of last year. So he's kind of a risky bet. I mean, again, he's not practicing yet, but he's in that, he's in that Aaron Rodgers circle of trust. So maybe Tunyon has a bounce back. Who knows, man? This tight end position is so hard would to nail be, down. Would it be ironic if Robert Tunyon was the Robert Tunyon That'd be of, beautiful. of 2022? That'd be beautiful. Like, why didn't we think of that? Yeah. It's fucking Robert Tunyon. All right. That'll do it for our top 10 tight end ranking for the 2022 fantasy football season. Of course, let us know if we forgot someone. Who do you think can break out this year? Who's your candidate? Is Gerald Everett? Like, who's your guy that no one's talking about at the tight end position that you think, hey, this guy could be a top, a TE1? Let us know in the comment section below. Remember to check out the description of the podcast slash video for our run running back rankings, our wide receiver rankings, our quarterback rankings, all of that other good stuff, all the other bulk call fantasy football podcasts. We are constantly churning this content out, so make sure you check it out. Like, subscribe, and for more great content, let us know that you're out there. For Shane, for myself, we'll see you guys next time on another bulk call fantasy football podcast.